When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. There is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le match troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. It's Thursday night, it's one minute past uh, ten o'clock, right here on the Sick Podcast, and you can. Um, does it say my mic is muted? No, it's not. Right, you can hear me. Everything's good. Yeah, okay. For whatever reason, it said my mic was muted. And uh, you're watching right now on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live, and the Montreal Canadiens played host tonight to the uh, the worst team in the National Hockey League, the Anaheim Ducks. And when all was said and done, uh, the Montreal Canadiens looked like the worst team in hockey tonight. Anaheim, uh, with uh, 31 games, 19 points, you can now make it 30 and 30 for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they're playing 500, and the Montreal Canadiens were just not very good tonight against an opponent. The Anaheim Ducks, who a couple of nights ago were in Toronto, and they got smacked in the teeth, and they took seven goals in a 7 nothing loss. The Canadians were in Ottawa last night, where Marty St. Louis said after the game that he thought that his team deserved uh, a much better result than what they got. He thought they were penalized by the refs, and um, they weren't very good tonight in the first period. I mean, they were flat, and if the coach tried to wake up his team last night after the game, well, it didn't work in period number one. The Canadians got down to a 2-0 deficit. Ultimately, they were able to come back and tie it on two goals by Cole Caulfield. But then uh, John Klingberg scored to give the Anaheim Ducks a 3-2 lead in the hockey game. And then the Canadians pulled a goalie. And then for whatever reason, they put six forwards on the ice with the goalie pulled. And, um, you know, that's not where the game was was lost because it was lost, I think, in, uh, well, you know, it was... I would say it was lost in the first period, but it wasn't because they ended up tying the game, right? Uh, but they end up uh, making a mistake on the Klingberg goal uh, to give um, Anaheim a 3-2 lead. And, uh, you know, the mistake was that uh, Jordan Harris, you know, made contact with uh, Jonathan Kovacevic and then ended up interfering 
with Jake Allen. So he goes down, and that shot goes by him. Allen, by the way, I thought was weak on the first goal by John Klingberg. And, um, you know, the Canadians just didn't have their A game. They had it in spurts, but they didn't have it for the whole game. And if you're not going to have it for a whole game, you're not going to win a lot of games in this league. It is the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer. Oh, almost fell out of my hands there. Intense by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark, as well as Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs had a good power play, well, then it's time you go back to Lacage because the menu will surprise you. And, uh, and of course, uh, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. And uh, if you're in transportation sales, customer service, operations, HR, or admin, well, the good news is Energy Transportation Group is hiring for all positions. And uh, Energy Transportation Group offers competitive compensation and benefits, a great team behind you, and opportunities for career growth and development, which is, you can't ask for more than that, right? You can join a growing team and energize your career at Energy Transportation Group. All right. Tonight, one of the things I want to do is get to the calls a lot quicker than I did last night. Last night was a lot of fun. I went, you know, just over an hour, I think, with Knuckles. And, uh, you know, it was the first time that Chris and I were talking about the Habs in like 11 months. And we had a lot of catching up to do. And I think a lot of you enjoyed it. And I, I know I definitely did. So uh, last night we got to the calls a little bit later. And tonight I want to get to them a little bit sooner. And that's the reason why I'm going solo tonight, because I want to get to more calls tonight. And it's a perfect night to do so because the Montreal Canadiens lost against what was the worst team in the National Hockey League going into the game. And right now they're not the worst team. They're one point ahead of the worst team, which is the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm happy they lost this game last night uh, tonight. I'm happy they lost this game. I'm happy they lost the game last night as well. Why? Because the Canadians went up against two bad teams in the last two nights, two teams who were inferior to the Canadians in the standings. And for all of you talking about, you know what, Tony, you're crazy, the tank and this and that, whatever, and you got to make it, and they're exciting, and look at Caulfield and look at Suzuki and look at the way they're going, and if they get in, anything can happen in this, that, and whatever. It's nonsense. The Canadians aren't good enough. They're not good enough. That's it. And you saw it tonight. They're not good enough. I mean, can you imagine this team? Make it was you want them to make it to the playoffs so they can play four playoff games, or they can play four, five playoff games, and then it's over, and then end up with uh, I don't know the uh, the the 14th pick in the draft is 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 or the 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 20th pick in the draft, well, like 16th pick in the draft. Is, is that what you want? Like, what do you want exactly? You know, you're you're. You're content with this? You think that they're they're going to win the Stanley Cup in the next year or two, that they're on the verge of being a great team? They're not there yet. They're not there. They need help. I mean, let's take a look at the, the lines tonight in the hockey game. Let's take a look at the lines. Let's bring them up. And Yellow and Sammy, and Master Control, if you can bring them up. All right, okay. Suzuki, Doc, Caulfield. Evans, Anderson, Slavkowski. Dvorak, Hoffman, Dadanov. Drouin, Armia, Pitlick. All right, so is Evans your second liner tonight or is Dvorak your second liner? Knowing that you're probably going to lose Monaghan at the deadline, are you comfortable with either of those guys being your second-line centerman? Because if you're going to make the playoffs and you're not going to, you know, have a good draft, like even if you have a good draft pick, even if you have a good draft pick, let's just say you pick six, seven, eight, 
Chances are, please bring back the the lineup if you can, please. Chances are, so you you know, I can prove my point here. Chances are, you know, that player is not going to play in the National Hockey League if you're drafting him 14, 15, 16, 17. Not right away. Chances are. The probabilities say that, okay? So what do you have here? You're going to put Dak back at center? Okay, maybe. But right now, we know he's playing his best hockey on the wing. They tried him at center. It didn't work out. And they were missing out on the wing, so they put him back. So you're going to put him back at center. If Slavkovsky is going to be your winger on the first line next year, you think he's going to be ready? Right now, it doesn't look like he's be, he's ready to, to be that guy. You know, Dadanov will be gone. Drewing will be gone. Who do you replace these guys by? So Brendan Gallagher is out of the lineup right now. Okay, they're going to be better with him, much better. Look at their defense. David Savard's missing. Okay, is that a defense that can compete for a Stanley Cup? Is that a center line that can compete for a Stanley Cup? Is that a prototypical fourth line, an energy line? Is that a shutdown line? Are those two scoring lines? Are those number one goalies? Come on. They need once again. I, I, you know, I know some of you don't like hearing this, but it is what it is. They need to finish at the bottom. They need to finish at the bottom. You know, I said trade picks for um, for um, first-round picks. Trade players for first-round picks. And some people said to me, well, you already have uh, two, you know, two first-round picks. How many do you want? As many as possible. It's shaping up to be the deepest draft since the 03 draft. Do you ever see the old 03 draft? I'm going to bring it up for you right in, in, in a second here, okay? The 2003 draft. Actually, what we should have done. I should have had this, you know, up in a chart and showed it to you tonight. That's what I should have done. 2003 draft. I need you to think of these names. Marc-Andre Fleury goes number one to Pittsburgh. Eric Stahl goes number two to Carolina. Nathan Horton goes number three to Florida. Zerdev goes four to Columbus. Vanek goes five to Buffalo. Mihailik goes six to San Jose. Ryan Suter goes seventh to Nashville. Braden Coburn goes eight to Atlanta. Dion Phaneuf goes nine to Calgary. Andre Kostitsin goes 10th to Montreal. Jeff Carter goes 11th to Philadelphia. Up until that point, every single player played in the National Hockey League. Every single one. And Eric Stahl... Besides Marc-Andre Fleury, who's a goalie, probably the best pick in those 11. And then the Rangers, well, they strike out with Hugh Jessamine at number 12. But then listen to this. Los Angeles' Dustin Brown, he played almost 1,300 games in this career. Brent Seabrook to Chicago. Robert Nielsen, less of a prestigious NHL career with the Islanders. Steve Bernier was not bad for San Jose. Zach Parise was excellent for New Jersey. Eric Fear for Washington. Ryan Getzlaff for Anaheim at the 19th pick. Arguably the best player in that draft right at 19. Brent Burns with Minnesota at 20. Boston's got Mark Stewart at 21. Edmonton's got Mark Antoine Pouliot. Vancouver drafts Ryan Kessler with the 23rd pick. This guy played over 1,000 games in the National Hockey League. 
Philadelphia had Mike Richards at 24. He played 749 games. Anthony Stewart, Brian Boyle, Jeff Tambellini, Corey Perry went 28th. One of the best players in that draft. Patrick Eves at 29 and Sean Bell at 30. So when someone says to me, how many players in the first, how many first round picks do you want? As many as possible. Louis Erickson, by the way, went 33rd overall, second round for Dallas, played 1,050 games in the National Hockey League. Patrice Bergeron that year went 45th. He was the best player in that draft class. Shea Weber went 49th to Nashville. And he's the best defenseman of that draft year. Bergeron, the best player. Shea Weber, the best defenseman. David Backus went 62nd to St. Louis. Not a bad pick at 62nd. There's so many. But once again, how many picks, Tony, do you want in the 2023 draft? As many as possible. How many first-round picks do you need? As many as possible. Would you use two of them or three of them to actually get a better pick? Chances are someone who has a top three pick is not going to trade their pick, not even for two first-round picks or three. But you know what? You might be pretty, you might be in pretty good shape with two or three first-round picks. Four first-round picks. You already have two. So I know some of you are upset that they lost last night and they lost tonight to two teams who were below them in the standings. I'm happy they lost because I'm always going to come back to this to support my point now. Always. Too bad Drouin won't fetch the Canadians a bag of pucks. Are we going to make uh, Jonathan uh, drawing uh, the scapegoat tonight? Is that what we're going to do? Probably not a good message by the coach to any defenseman on the team that they weren't put out there with an extra man. They went with six forwards. Mind you, they're experimenting because this is a development year for the Canadians. Maybe doing it to try and get Drouin's confidence up. Hasn't played his worst hockey in the two games he came back. But the nail in the coffin is the empty net goal. And he tries to get, I don't know, a pass or a shot away. And it goes off a stick and it's intercepted. And, it, you know, he turns the puck over. And the Anaheim Ducks come the other way. Boom, they do the dipsy doodle on him. They go by him. He stops in his tracks. And boom, they score in an empty net. It didn't look good. It's not a good play. But are we going to make Jonathan Drouin the scapegoat tonight? It's not the... Are we, are we going to make him the scapegoat? Is that what we're going to do? The Canadians lost to what was the worst team in the National Hockey League tonight. After Marty St. Louis says, and on a night where they deserve better versus the Ottawa Senators. Let's not make my Jonathan Drouin the scapegoat, okay? It's not going to change nothing, folks. Everyone knows he won't be back next year with the Canadians. Everyone knows if they have a chance to deal him at the deadline or before, they're going to do it. He's not the reason why they lost tonight. Here's Marty St. Louis last night at the end of the game. Est-ce que vous avez mérité ce que 
tout ce que vous avez eu comme pénalité, selon toi, des fois, c'est serré, ces corps-là, tu ne semblais pas content à quelques reprises derrière le banc. Ça doit... Son, int... son euh, conduite, comment tu ça? Sa conduite, il ne peut, peut pas faire ça. Mais les deux positions qu'il a eues, ça. Anyway. Toi, qu'est-ce que tu retiens globalement de ce match-là? On mérite mieux. Dans quel sens? Au niveau de, de votre jeu en première période? Qu'est-ce qui a cassé pendant ce match-là? Parce qu'en première, vous êtes quand même sorti fort. C'est quoi tu penses que le cassé? Non, je sais, mais toi, c'est quoi ta vie? Qu'est-ce qui est arrivé en deuxième? Ok. C'est ça. C'est tout? Je pense que vous n'avez pas assez de calls sur Uh, we got to stay out of the box, but you all watch the game, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, momentum seemed to be on your side the first 10 minutes of the game. Was it penalties taken or maybe foot being taken off the gas in the first period to sway the momentum to Ottawa's side? Did you take a penalty in the first? One. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. When, that's when they got some momentum because we were all over them. All right, that's it. Let's, uh, I've heard enough, but obviously Marty St. Louis wasn't in the mood to talk, and right away he was trying to say, hey, folks, you know what? It's a, uh, uh, you know, you, you saw the game. You saw the game. You saw the game. He was trying to say the referees were against us tonight. The referees, then, you know, had some bad calls. You saw the game. What do you want me to say? When did the momentum change? Yeah, well, did we get a call in that period? Yeah, well, that's when the momentum changed. And uh, he repeated it in French and in English. Uh, he tested members of the media, and, uh, you know, he wasn't happy. And uh, he, he took a lot of heat, by the way, today. Uh, the coach did. I, I, don't, I don't blame the coach for, you know, not being in a good mood last night. I mean, we can't imagine what it feels like to coach a game and you feel like your team got screwed. And that's exactly what he felt like last night. And he was upset. And he wasn't in a good mood. And I don't have a problem with the coach being upset, asking members of the media questions, this, that, whatever, all that stuff. I, you know, that's, that's okay. I think we got it pretty good with Marty St. Louis compared to some coaches in the national hockey league now and, uh, and in the past. All right. Uh, why don't we do this? Let's get to some of your comments. Uh, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you're, you like what you're hearing, uh, if you can like our post, that would be pretty cool. If you can share, um, this video, that would be even cooler. And if you uh, want to listen to us tomorrow on Google, Apple, or Spotify, and uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, that's uh, pretty good with us. Uh, I don't like his presser too aggressive on the media, says Mike. Mike, how many times has he been aggressive on the media? We're at the 30-game mark, and he wasn't in a good mood twice. Like, that's a lot less than probably any coach in the National Hockey League. I don't have a problem with that, okay? Do I have a problem with the Canadians' power play? That actually scored a goal tonight? Yes, 
I got a problem with the Montreal Canadiens power play. Do I have a problem with the Canadiens' lack of discipline? Yes. Do I have a problem with the Canadiens starting their games bad as of late? Yes. When they give up goals, they give them up. It seems rather within less than a minute. And tonight they gave up two goals in a span of 28 seconds. Yes, that's not good either. Can they play with a little bit more structure? Yes. But that's where I have a problem. Would I, you know, would I rather see Uri Slavkowski play with better players? Yes. Would I put a defenseman on the ice when I pulled my goalie so that I can have the five go really offensive and I can have one basically be more defensively aware than Jonathan Drouin? Yes. Do I think Drouin should have been on the ice at the end? No. I think he needs to send a good message, and I don't think that's the right message. To take an underperforming player who doesn't score goals and put him on the ice. But once again, I don't blame Drew. And somebody just said, yeah, well, why can't we blame him? You can blame everybody. I'm just trying to say he's not the only one who played bad. Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc were a combined minus nine tonight. You know, we can give Caulfield the pass because he scored two goals, one of them on the power play. Good for him. But we can't give the other guys a pass. Suzuki was minus three tonight. Doc was minus three. They weren't very good. Caden Gouldy got turned inside out by, by uh, Trevor Zegers. He's not the first, and he won't be the last. And yes, he's still young, and it's okay. But he wasn't good. Jake Allen tonight was not good. So, you know, there's a lot of guys who weren't good. If you want to come on this chat here on YouTube and just blame... Jonathan Drouin, go ahead and do it. There were players that were worse than Jonathan Drouin tonight. Okay, some of them are kids and they have less experience than they're rookies, but, you know, I love Caden Gooley. I think he's one of the best rookies in the National Hockey League. Tonight, he didn't look like an NHLer. It's, it's one game, though. Yeah, Everyone has a bad game. Everyone has... A bad game. Once again, Jake Allen wasn't good. He had a chance to establish himself. He's played a few good games. And John Henry, I don't need you to tell me that Gooley is a beast. With all due respect, I know that. But, you know, you guys can't come on the chat and girls come on the chat and say that Joy sucks and he was terrible tonight. And then I pinpoint a mistake from Caden Gooley and you come back and you tell me he's a beast. He's a beast. But tonight he wasn't a beast. Jake Allen's better than what Nick Suzuki is a beast. But tonight he wasn't a beast. He didn't play good. Kirby Doc has been a beast thus far on that number one line. But tonight he wasn't a beast. He didn't play good. I mean, I don't understand how we just we pick one guy and we put it all on him. Roy is asking me if I'm satisfied with Alex Burroughs' work. Roy, he's responsible for the power play. They have the worst power play in the world. And it wasn't much better last year. What do you think my answer is going to be? I mean, come on. Canadians were not good tonight. Then I have people blaming the uniforms. 
They actually think the second they put on that powder blue uniform, it's going to be, oh, this is the uniform where we don't play well, so tonight we're going to suck. No, it just so happens that they played. They didn't play well, and they were wearing that uniform. Don't forget, it's two games and two nights. The other team was waiting for them. But it could also be that they underestimated the opponent. They saw that they took seven seven goals in Toronto, and they probably thought it was going to be a walk in the park tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought the Canadians were going to win tonight. I thought it was going to be close, but I thought they were going to win. Because I knew Anaheim, by losing 7-0, they were going to bounce back with a, with a much better effort. But the way the Canadians lost last night, where they just had a terrible, terrible second period, their worst period of the season, and Marty St. Louis was in a bad mood. I thought that his anger at the end of the game, I thought it would, it would, it would wake up his team. He'd get their attention. I thought the Canadians were going to win tonight. They were awful. Tony, we've seen the best side of St. Louis, and now we see his real competitive side. I hope the media understands who he really is, a competitor at heart. The media will learn. Of course he's a competitor. Of course he's a competitor. Tony, are you part of the uh, Fire Alex Burroughs fan club? Uh, you know, I don't like to see anybody lose their job. But in sports, you're, you know, you have to take a look at one's productivity. The stats are the stats. That's it. It's not doing the job right now. Probably not all his fault. He's probably telling the players to do certain things they're not. He probably doesn't think he has the ideal personnel to put there on a power play. Not all his fault. At the end of the day, it is what it is. He's responsible to let them go, to get them going. Who's better, Pizzetta or Pitlick? You know, the one that's the one that's better is the one that ends up bringing more to the team. When Pizzetta goes out and he finishes his checks and he brings energy and he backs up one of his teammates and he goes to the net and he crashes the net and, you know, he goes to those uh, dirty areas. Well, then he's better. When Rem Pitlick is skating and he's and he and he's taking the fenders to the outside and he's getting shots on net and he's working the cycle and he's he's in on the forecheck and he's relentless and he's he's causing turnovers, he's better. At the end of the day, they're both fourth liners of the National Hockey League. That's it. They're not better than that. They're fourth liners. Caulfield scored tonight on the power play, by the way. I know. I mentioned that. I mentioned that about two or three minutes ago. Right? I mentioned that. St. Louis is learning too, says Gaetan. All right. Tony, are you going to cover a Team Canada World Junior Tournament? Yes. We'll talk about it. But this show for now is going to be a lot of Habs. And eventually, we're going to try and bring a little bit more CF Montreal in there. At least I'd like to. A little bit more Montreal Alouettes. A little bit more Montreal sports. And if you guys aren't going to want it, well, then we'll open up another show where we'll talk about that and we'll keep this in the format that it is. Whatever. I'm good. Why don't we take some calls? Why don't we do that? You call. You call. Presented by Playground.
Yeah, You Called is brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. I mentioned when the show started tonight that yesterday we got to the calls a little bit late. I would think, actually, we got to the calls probably give or take at around 11.15 or something like that. So I wanted to get to them earlier tonight, especially since the Canadians played two games in the last two nights, and they lost both games. So why don't we get to your calls, and I'll give you the number. It's toll-free. So whether you're at home or at work or whatever, on your cell, and your home phone, you name it, one 585 7425 That's 1-888-585-7425. I'd like to bring up Agnello, even though he tells me, Tony, don't give me camera time. Agnello, come up for a second. Agnello's not there or what? What's the story here? Agnello, can you come on? Oh, you, we can't come on because we're taking calls right now, I think. Is that it? Is that why we can't, uh, you can't come on right now? All right, okay, maybe. I'm wondering, you know, one of the things I want to do, I want to not only take audio calls, I want to take video calls. And I think, you know, I think we can, uh, we can do that. I, I, I'm just, I'm in the mood to take video calls, not just audio calls. So Sammy and I are in a chat as we speak. Sammy, can I go out and give out the link and start taking some video calls tonight? Because you know, I've been talking to you about that. I want to do that. Can we do that? Sammy, let me know if I can go for it. In the meantime, bring up some comments. Oh, not tonight. Okay, not tonight. We can't do it tonight, Sammy says. Boop. After 20 years of radio, I thought I didn't have a boss anymore, and now I have a boss who tells me what to do again. Can't do it, he says. Okay, good. Gary in Montreal. Sammy's the boss. What can I tell you? Sammy's the boss. Gary. Gary, you there? I don't hear Gary. Is it me? I'm playing with all my settings here. Gary, you there? I'm here. Yeah, hey, Tony, what's happening? Hey, what's happening, Gary? Listen, I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago. You probably remember me now in Montreal. Yeah, well, there's quite a few people that call from Montreal, but maybe, maybe I'll remember you. No, maybe not so many people with my name, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about the power play, okay? You were talking about, you know, this this has nothing to do with the coach. You can have Wayne Gretzky, Guy Lafleur. You can have the ghost of Montreal pass from the old form coming in to help to help the power play. It won't make any difference because it's the guys on the ice who are not don't know how to make uh, fast decisions quickly. They're indecisive. They're not that confident, and it's getting to be more of a mental. Uh, thing than it is a physical thing. A yeah, but but if I can, Gary, I mean uh, Wayne Gretzky and uh, Guy Lafleur, they knew how to make decisions right away. So I, you know, you told me just now that well, you can bring in Wayne Gretzky and Guy Lafleur. They're not going in. Give me Wayne Gretzky and Guy Lafleur. I'm gonna have the best power play in the league, Mozitumo. Yeah, no, but what? Yeah, for sure. But what? I, my point is, my point is that the coaching has little effect really on a power play. Because when the guys have to make a pass and hit, like in a thousandth of a second, because the guy is coming at him really fast on, on the defensive team, okay, they have a very fast 
uh, penalty killing unit. These are the ones that are like very effective against the Canadians because when you don't give the Canadians these kind of players, Suzuki, Caulfield, when you attack them really quickly, yes. they don't react. Yes, you're, you're, you're talking about an active box as compared to a passive box. A passive box, yeah. you stay in the four, the two in the front, the two in the back, and you know what? You just try and keep your stick on the ice, cut off passing lanes. An active boss is you're constantly chasing the puck carrier, constantly chasing the puck carrier, not giving them a chance to breathe, and then forcing them into mistakes. But, uh, you know, I don't believe, Gary, that the Canadians don't have guys that just can't think. You know, say what you want about Christian Dvorak. I do, actually. You say what you want about, that's okay, that's fine. Okay, so, you know, say what you want about I'll, Christian I'll give Dvorak. you an example. I'll no, give I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. Okay. You, you know, put another power play coach to coach the Montreal Canadiens, and then if they have the, the worst power play in the league, then you can say, you see, it's not the coach. But until then, but I this know is the worst not. power play I've ever seen in my life <laughs> in 20 years that I've been covering the Canadians. Let me tell you. Well, look, look, you, you think you, you don't think Martin St. Louis has any say in this power play. You don't think he, he comes there and tries to help it and give his opinion also. And this guy was very good in the power play. So it's nothing to do with the coaching. It's all to do with the, the mind, the mind of an offensive player, how fast he reacts. You understand? How yeah. good a passer he is. Yes. It's, it's space and time. Yes, so no problem. Yeah, thank you. For, thank you. No matter what coach you have in, yeah. in any, any hockey. Yeah, yeah. thank you for explaining that to me. I never figured that out. Let me ask you a question, Gary. Do you think yeah. that Nick Suzuki, he can react pretty fast? His Actually, IQ and his he, reaction he, time? I, let me tell you, Nick Suzuki... No, 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 just, just answer the question, please. The Gary, you've told I me a lot already. Gary, Gary, Gary! It's my show, not yours, yeah. but I, I do appreciate you calling. You've told me a lot of things already. Answer the mm -hmm. question, please. Do you think Nick Suzuki good. has a good IQ and he reacts very fast on the ice? Good, but not very good. Okay, I got to go. Yeah, thank you for calling, Gary. I got to go. Okay. You know, you, you got the wrong answer. I got to go. Bye. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope you can call again. Maybe in three months would be great. All right, well, let's move on. 1-888-585-7425. 1-888-585-7425. Folks, I don't want to be mean. But if you're going to give a wrong answer to support your point, then then you're not being honest, right? You know, they don't have a quick reaction time or IQ. Do you think Suzuki has one? Well, good. Not no, no. It's over. Suzuki's elite, and he's elite in those categories too. Take Suzuki and put him on another power play with another power play coach or another player. They, come on, let's be honest here. They don't have a quarterback on the power play. Everybody knows that, and it's a pretty important part of a power play. Yes, they do have a lot of other things. They have an entry plan. They win face-offs. They have guys that can shoot the puck like Hoffman and Caulfield and even Suzuki. They have guys that can park themselves in front of the net like a Josh Anderson. They can use a Kirby Doc. They can even use a Uri Slavkowski. They have guys that can pass the puck like a Nick Suzuki and guys that can pass the puck even like a Jonathan Drouin. They're lacking a point, man. It shouldn't be the difference between being a better power. Like, they're 32nd. They're the worst power play I've seen in 20 years of, carry, of, of covering this team. Come on. Where are we going now exactly? Let's go to David in Toronto. David, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. 
Are you sure? You sound a little stressed today, Tony. I'm worried about you. No, no, no. You don't have to worry about me. I'm quite fine, by the way. I, I might be a little bit antsy because I did. Hold on a second. Let me show you. Just in case people don't believe me, okay? I set a personal record today, all right? I set a personal record. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Twenty-four hours and thirteen minutes of fasting today. Oh, I went twenty-four fasting. hours. I've been, wanting, I've been wanting to get into doing that myself without eating. The gut. Yeah, I went six hours and thirteen minutes and eight seconds exceeded my eighteen hours of fasting. So I went twenty-four. And for those who are wondering of this intermittent fasting that I'm doing, uh, somebody asked me before, why are you going outside your window of 18 hours of fasting by going even more? Well, uh, simply put, because when you go more than 18 hours of fasting, the more you go, the deeper into a ketosis state you go into. And you actually burn more fat the more you fast. And so if you're looking for weight loss, you'll lose more weight by doing that. So anyway. eating any broth with it? Uh, I didn't have broth tonight. But yes, obviously, uh, there's a method to the eating too. You can't just eat everything. But if you eat meats and, uh, and salads and stuff like that, you're good. Right. Unfortunately for me, I had a pizza tonight and I had a burger yesterday. But... You when I woke up this morning, after just two days of doing it, I lost 8.8 pounds. And my wife is my witness because she was there in front of in front of me when I got on the scale this morning. Hey, go ahead, my man. What's on your mind? So I want to talk about Josh Anderson. Yeah. I, I'm hearing every time I – like, I live in Toronto, right? So basically everything I see on TSN is Toronto Maple Leafs related, and I, I hate it. Absolutely hate it, but it's where I live, so I got to deal with it. So all I'm seeing is, oh, this team wants Anderson. This team wants Anderson. This team wants Anderson. Yeah. And I don't think that we should get rid of him. I know he's 28, which is a little older than the rest of the team. I know he costs 5.5, okay, which is a little higher up there on the team. Yeah. But considering all the young guys we're going to be bringing up, don't you think it's better to have an aggressive powerhouse that isn't afraid to drop the gloves and break someone's face in if they try and mess with the kids? Okay. And who's that going to be? Josh Anderson. When was the last time you saw him drop the gloves and smash someone's face in? Whenever you're ready. Well, he, Ten, he hasn't had to. Nine. Jack. Eight. But. Seven. Six. Oh, five. Man. Four, uh, I, I couldn't three, tell you. I couldn't tell you. Two, like so it's like it's all fine and dandy what you say, but the last time Anderson actually smashed someone's face, I was skinny. I haven't been skinny in a while, man. I haven't been skinny you in a think? while. You know? What if I Google it? Yeah. You Google it, look at hockey fights. This guy he doesn't he doesn't like to fight all that much. And he's right. not a heavyweight either. Ryan and, Hartman, and, and, and January 24th. 
Yeah, Ryan Hartman. He's not Jack the Giant Killer, by the way, Ryan Hartman. And uh, former Blackhawk. And um, he had shoulder surgery, and I don't think it's something that he wants to do. And, you know, the Canadians, they don't need to have a goon. And, you know, I don't want Anderson fighting all the time. I don't want Arbor Jack guy fighting all the time. It's good to have guys that protect themselves. It's good to have a team that has a Wolfpack mentality, too. But, look, I'm not in a hurry to trade Josh Anderson either. But at the same time, he's definitely tradable. Because Anderson, he is who we think he is. That's who he is. Streaky. Very streaky. Very streaky. You know, when you're streaky, you have three, four, five, six games in a row before you end up having six or seven or eight bad ones, okay? When was the last time he had two great games in a row? Two. Whenever you're ready. Ten, nine, so it would be eight, not the seven, last game, six, not the game before five, the two four, before that he scored three, back. Oh, two. Uh, okay. Got you. All right. Thanks for calling, man. You sound like a good guy to me. David and T. Yeah. You sound uh, like a good guy. Leafs, right? so. All right, buddy. Take care. There you have it. David in Toronto. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five. It's a sick podcast. Alex is in Montreal. Alex, how are you? Not bad, sir. How are you doing? I, You know what? I started doing a lot better the second I put some food in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I want to say uh, I'm a big fan of your show. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when you're on radio with my father for years, and it's a great memory we have together, and I thank you for that. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you. you your father's name show. again is? Peter. Peter. Did you call when I was on yeah. the radio? Because your name is familiar. Um, no, I did not, actually. It's my first time calling in. Uh, okay. All right. Okay, go ahead. Okay, perfect. So, And where are you calling me from exactly? From Ville Saint-Laurent. From Ville Saint-Laurent. Okay, fantastic. I'm convinced I spoke to another Alex from Ville Saint-Laurent at some point, but obviously yeah. it's not you. Okay. No. Thank you, no, it wasn't Thank me. you for the kind words. What's on your mind, my man? What's on your mind? Thank you. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about Jonathan Drain. I think uh, besides that little blunder he had at the end there tonight, I did think that he had, you know, a solid game. He made some smart plays with the puck. Um, I, I just don't understand why he's never seen that success in Montreal. To me, I see a guy with the skill set. I know he went through those issues, you know, a couple of years ago, but... They're saying that he, you know, he never had a finishing piece, but in my mind, he's always had talent around him. I, I don't know exactly what it is, if it's laziness or it's, or it's just something that, that's prevented him from, from having that success that we were all promised. So, um, who was it that I talked to about Stefan Richer the other day? Uh, it was Pierre Gervais. Pierre Gervais yeah, a couple of Pierre days Gervais. ago. I asked him about Stefan Richer. Yeah. Stefan Richer was one of my favorites growing up, okay? He scored 50 goals one year and 51 goals another year in a three-year span, two seasons of 50-plus goals. And he was the first one to score 50 since Lafleur before that. And after Lafleur, Richer was the next French-Canadian superstar forward that the Canadians had. And a lot of people said, 
yeah, but you know, he did it two years and he had the talent to do it five years. He had the talent to do it six years. Some other people said he had the talent to be one of the best players in the National Hockey League. Well, at the end of the day, something was missing. It was either work ethic. It was either heart. It was either professional pride. It was maybe he just liked the game because he was good at it and not he was good at it because he loved the game. And a lot of those things I just said about Riche, I think might be the same things that Jonathan Drouin has gone through. And some players are built to play in Montreal and others are not. When Jonathan Drouin was traded to the Montreal Canadiens, we heard that he was a pressure player and that he really wanted to play for the Canadians. And when he got in the kitchen, I think he realized it was too hot. A lot harder than he would have ever imagined. And he got burned. And for I, that, I, I got to tell you, I don't take pleasure in that. It kind of actually makes me a little bit sad. But I yeah. think that's that's the truth. I think that's it. So with that in mind, what do you see his future like with the Habs or in the league in general? I don't think that his you know, worth on the market right now is that high. So I, I, it pains uh, me to say this. But if I was a scout and I was watching the Canadians' games and at the deadline we're looking for a player or in the offseason we're looking for a player and my general manager says to me, should we sign Jonathan Droy? I would say no. Yeah. And I bet you, and I could be wrong, but I bet you that if you polled the scouts and the GMs today, they're not signing them. I have a feeling, and I hope I'm wrong, that if Jonathan Drouin is playing hockey next year, it's not going to be in the National Hockey League. It's going to be in Europe. And if he is playing in the National Hockey League, it'll be on a one-year deal. And that could very well be. That's probably even more plausible. That it'll be on a one-year deal with a team at league minimum. A PPO or something. And they'll, you know, because yeah. look at how many chances Galchenyuk's had on the other hand, right? It could be right. on a one-year deal at a league minimum and... You know, teams are saying, okay, you know what? I'll give them a year league minimum. Works, it works. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But it's either going to be that or it's going to be that he's going to be playing in another league. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right. Thank uh, thanks for calling, Alex. Where are we going, Sammy? All in New Brunswick. Oh, what's going on? Hey, Tony. How are you? Very good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Tony, yeah. uh, I was watching Nyland Knuckles. Uh, that was great last night with him, by the way. But it was, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I was watching his podcast with uh, Arbor Jackai. Yeah. And he said something which I don't think is it's profound, but I think us old school fans realize this. A lot of people can play hockey, but there's not a lot of hockey players out there. When When you look at the league today, Every team has four or five character players 
But boy, in the old days, you used to look at a team and most teams didn't have four or five hockey players. You know, in terms of guys who could play hockey, they were yeah. all warriors. They were all fighters. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's the biggest thing that's lacking today. It's, it's too much of a business and not enough of a sport. Yeah, could very well be. I think you raise a good point. Thanks so much for calling. We're going to continue to get to your calls at one 585 7425 The Montreal Canadiens who got off to like just a bad start. It looked like they weren't ready to play this hockey game. And Troy Terry scored a goal on the power play. And uh, that was with two minutes and 32 seconds left in period number one. And then Zegras uh, does the dipsy doodle on Caden Gooley, turns him inside out. The puck goes to Klinberg. Uh, his wrist shot goes right through Jake Allen. It's one that he should have stopped. In the second period, the Canadians don't have any goals to show for it. In period number three, it's uh, Drouin to Doc to Caulfield. His one-timer from his area, which is uh, you know right-handed shot and off the left-hand side, and that makes it 2-1. And he then picks up a rebound off a shot by Kovacevic, goes right to him, and he makes it 2-2. And then Jordan Harris, very unfortunate, he um, bumps into Jonathan Kovacevic and then he gets himself a little bit off balance and kind of interferes with Jake Allen, who's basically off balance. And then Klainberg's shot beats him. And then the Canes are all looking at each other and they're looking at the referee saying, hold on a second, shouldn't that be interference? And then we go to the replay and we see that it was actually Jordan Harris that bumped into Jake Allen, and it was not an Anaheim Ducks player. And that goal came with nine minutes and five seconds left in regulation. And then the Canadians pulled the goalie with less than two minutes to go. They put six forwards on the ice. Jonathan Drouin turns the puck over, and it's Adam Henrik who scores the goal to give the uh, Anaheim Ducks a 4-2 lead. And then, of course, uh, with uh, nine seconds left, they add another one. Again, in the empty net, it's Frank Vetrano. And the Canadians lose by a score of 5-2 to two to a team that had the least points of any team in the National Hockey League going into the game. And now they have the second least because Chicago has uh, one less point than they do. The Canadians are 21st in the league with 30 points in 30 games. If I take a look at the Eastern Conference, or if I take a look at the wild card, actually, so you know where the Montreal Canadiens are. In the Metropolitan, New Jersey, Carolina, and Pittsburgh have a playoff spot. In the Atlantic, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay do as well. And the wild card is the Rangers at 37 points and the Islanders at 35. The Canadians are five points out of a wild card spot in the East. But at the same time, they're eight points up on last place Columbus in the Eastern Conference. And Columbus actually has a game in hand. Uh, it also should be noted, and I want to bring it up here, that the Montreal Canadiens schedule, in my opinion, from starting tomorrow, December 17th, so they already lost their last two games. Starting tomorrow, I think this is going to be the toughest part of their schedule from tomorrow to the 5th of January. Who do they play? Tomorrow they host Tampa. That won't be easy. They beat Columbus 4-1 tonight. On Monday, they start a road trip where they're going to be in Arizona. Two nights later, they're going to be in Colorado. Two nights later, they're going to be in Dallas. Then they're off for four days during the Christmas break, of course. But then they go to Tampa Bay on Wednesday night. The next night, they're in Florida. 
And a couple of days later in the afternoon at 4 o'clock, so it'll be three games in three and a half days, the Canadians are in Washington on New Year's Eve. Then a couple of days later, they're in Nashville on the 3rd of January. And two days after that, they host the New York Rangers. I tell you right now that the Montreal Canadiens are, once again, I believe they're, uh, what are they? What did I say they were? They were 21st in the standings in the league. I think by the time that this uh, stretch of December 17 to January 5th is over, I wouldn't be surprised if on January 6th, the Montreal Canadiens are... Twenty-eight of thirty-two. So right now they're twenty-one of thirty-two. By January sixth, I wouldn't be surprised if they're twenty-eight out of thirty-two or twenty-seven. I think they're going to slide that much. Your thoughts? We got Eddie in Montreal. Eddie, how are you? Excellent, Tony. Nice. What a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Yes, gentlemen, Eddie and Coach St. Luke, uh, what did you think of our podcast last night with my buddy Knuckles? Oh, you know what? Uh, Knuckles is special. We, I both miss you guys. And uh, you don't know in a different, uh, different podcast, but always, uh, always a pleasure to listen. When I have a chance, I listen to you. I listen to Thank him. you. Uh, I know I miss you, obviously, both, but uh, that's... Thank you, gentlemen, Eddie. Uh, you're very successful, and I, uh, when I'm in traffic, driving my truck at 8.05, I'm uh, looking forward, and my uh, my dial is set to listen to you and uh, GC, which always uh, very, very nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, myself and Jean-Charles Lajoie, weekdays, Monday to Friday at around 8.05 a.m. on 91.9 on your FM dial, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. What's on your mind, Eddie? Oh, look, uh, Tony, overall this year, I really enjoy the Canadians. You know, I think uh, the show is always nice. They have an exciting team, even though uh, we're always underdogs. But lately, I think the late start, it's a no-go. You know, when the game starts at 7 or 7.30 and the boys are starting to play at only 8.45 or 9 o'clock or 9.15, I think that's the the big problem, you know. Uh, obviously, there's uh, of, uh, David Savard not being in the, in the lineup, and Sean Monahan doesn't help. And uh, for me, I look, I like them to win, but if we can have another draft this year, I think that'd be even better. So I rather them. It's not maybe very. Uh, a champion uh, thing to say, but if they lose, I don't mind because I would really would like to have a good draft and uh, start uh, next year with, uh, with a better team. We need more scorers, so obviously we can. Uh, you know, I'm not saying tanking on purpose, but no, they're they're not going to tank on purpose. Um, the players don't do that, gentlemen, Eddie. But I look, I agree I with try. you a thousand percent. I don't know how people could watch this team and think that they don't need to draft in the top five, this next draft, and draft again maybe in the top ten the year after. I don't see how people don't see this. And everyone says, yeah, but, um, you know, Dadanov will be gone and Drouin will be gone and Hoffman will be gone and, you know, there's four or five players that are going to be gone. That's fine. 
and it, which is true. Who are you going to replace them by? Does it look like there's going to be anyone in Laval right now that is going to make this team better next year? No. You you see, you, you're right 100%. You see the difference. You know, even Upslavkowski is a number one overall, but obviously he's got the talent, but you see he's not dominated like last year in Europe. You know, it takes time to adjust to the new eyes. It takes time to adjust to new teammates. Uh, so obviously, uh, I agree with you 100%. The talent is not there. Uh, we need to be lucky to to have a free agent who wants to to come here. And I agree with you. It's going to take another year or two. Obviously, we're going into the right direction, but we're still missing the talent to compete. You know, you saw tonight uh, the Ducks came to town. They they take the two points. You know, we're we're not. Uh, it's it's a very competitive league, and if you're not showing up, you're not going to play. You're not going to win. That's why the Canadians sometimes they beat the better team. Correct. Because the better team is not prepared. Correct. They yeah. underestimated the opponent, and uh, they weren't they weren't ready to start this game tonight. The first period was not worse than the second period was in Ottawa last night, but the worst period was flat. It was really, really bad for the Canadians. A very, very flat period. Thank you, gentlemen, Eddie, for calling. You're the best. I I thank you, Tony. You keep up your great work. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm a big fan wherever you go. Always supported, gentlemen, Eddie. I'll never forget that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Gentleman Eddie in Cote St. Luke is probably like one of the nicest people in the world. Like him and my buddy Luigi D'Amore, like it's, it's hard-pressed to find two nicer guys. Mary in Montreal. Hello, Mary. Hello. Hello. Is it me you're Hi, looking Tony. for? <laughs> How are you tonight? Very, very good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I was just wondering, we have some uh, free agents uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Kane and uh, Jonathan Taze. I was just wondering, would you know, maybe not, if the Canadians would be interested in these two great players? They would not. Why? Because the Canadians are rebuilding, and those are players you bring in who are going to command a hefty salary, and those players, if you're going to bring them in, you have to be a team that is on the precipice of winning the Stanley Cup. Those are players that won three Stanley Cups apiece, uh-huh. and they're not going to come right. to a team that's they're not going to come to a team that's going to rebuild. You know what I mean, Mary? Um, that's so sad. So sad. Why are, are you are you big fans of uh, of uh, Taves no, and Kaner? No way, no way. I love my Montreal Canadiens, good or bad. I love them. I, I support them. They're for me. They're just they're they're, they're the best. <laughs> People might think, are you crazy? Well, maybe I am, but I'm not. I understand. But you, you asked about Taves and Kane specifically. I mean, are you yeah, no, a big fan of those players? Or? You know, they're great players. They're just great players, and they're free agents. And I, I figure maybe, you know, the Canadians will want to take one of the two. Or, but okay. I guess not. So now think about this, Mary, okay? Think <laughs> about this. What are the Canadians, what have they been trying to accomplish last year and what they're going to try to accomplish this year, Right. They're going to try and get right, some hefty right. salaries off their cap, and they're going to try to stockpile draft picks and prospects. Yeah. The teams that are going to go after Kane and Taves are going to be Stanley Cup contenders, and those Stanley Cup contenders are going to part ways with draft picks and prospects to acquire uh-huh. these players. So it's 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 totally contrary to what the Canadians are trying to accomplish here. What I want to do. And that's why it's not going to happen, Mary. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Well, that's okay. Appreciate taking the time. Thanks so much. I think we have. Um, I think we have something funny here. You ready for this? Here's a quote from Jake Allen tonight after the game. You get all hot and horny at the start of the year. Every team is. You get piss and vinegar in your pants. You're ready to rock. Then sometimes it gets a little bit stale. But I don't find with this group, we have a lot of youth here. A lot of enthusiasm. I think that's one thing Marty and his staff try to preach every day is bringing enthusiasm to the rink, whether we come off a couple of losses in a row or a couple of wins in a row, we try to have the same mindset. And this was actually put on Twitter by um, Priyanta Emrith, who writes about the Montreal Canadiens. And guess who commented on the tweet? Shannon Allen, Jake Allen's wife, says, Tell me you're from the Maritimes without telling me you're from the Maritimes. And she found it kind of funny, and a lot of people did. And even our buddy Stu Cowan just retweeted that. He found it kind of funny as well. It's 11.01. We go for gold? Go for gold. A daily World Cup report. Alfonso Davies keeps it himself. Presented by Bijou Dream Bossy. All right, so go for goal presented by Bijouterie Bassi and my friend Jenny Dioris. They have provided professional service and fine jewelry for over 30 years. Visit the store at 9640 Boulevard Saint-Michel in Montreal. The number to call is 514-387-9528. Okay, the big story right now at the World Cup, everyone knows, of course, that on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, we're going to be able to watch uh, Kylian Mbappe's France going up against Lionel Messi's Argentina. But are we going to be able to watch Karim Benzema's France going up against Lionel Messi, Argentina? You know, Karim Benzema, the Ballon d'Or winner of the last year, the guy who's been scoring goals, all kinds of goals with Real Madrid, especially in them in the league and them, in the, of course, in the UEFA Champions League, scoring such unbelievable big goals, finally out of Cristiano Ronaldo's shadow because Cristiano Ronaldo is not a Real Madrid. Mind you, he's been training uh, at their training facility because he's got a good relationship with the club because he's out of club right now. But anyway, getting back to uh, Karim Benzema, uh, we found out that he was going to be withdrawing from the World Cup probably three or four days before and, he basically said, you know what, uh, I'm going to step aside here and I'm not going to play because I'm not at 100%. I'm nursing an injury, and if I can't help the team, I'd rather step aside and then they can bring in somebody who can help the team. But France never replaced him. And um, they were one man short. And now we're hearing that Karim Benzema has been training and feeling good since last week, Saturday. And obviously, he's not going to start the game. Olivier Giroud will. And maybe he won't play at all. And maybe it's just chatter right now and Argentina's all confused. Or maybe he will. Could you imagine Karim Benzema comes back, plays one game in the World Cup, and ends up being your hero? This has been a World Cup for the ages. 
and uh, nothing would surprise me in this final. May the best team win, and I'm going to say it right now because the next time we're going to talk is um, is going to be after this World Cup final. I believe France is the best team on paper. I believe Argentina wants this one more, and they want it for Lionel Messi. I believe it'll be a shame if Lionel Messi doesn't win a World Cup with the career that he's had. It's the only trophy that has been eluding him. I'm rooting for Messi, and I'm rooting for Argentina. Not to mention, there's a lot of Italians in Argentina. That would make me pretty happy, too. But if France wins, that's okay, because they have a great team. Back-to-back in the World Cup, and if they win, I'm sure it's because they will have deserved it. I thank you all, Sick Army, for watching again tonight. The Sick Podcast, Monday to Friday, starting at 10 o'clock. Like the podcast. Share it with your friends. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. Leave us a five-star review on Google, Apple, and Spotify if you can. It goes a long way with us. It's always very much appreciated. And get your shovels out, Montreal, because it looks like a storm is headed our way. And maybe even lightning on Saturday night with the Tampa Bay Lightning, that is. Have a great night, everyone. Special thanks. The Energy Transportation Group, 8.6, and LaCage for bringing you the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.